A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Start recording? Recording in progress. Oh, okay, yeah.、Uh, so, yeah, you can ask me questions or I can shout someone or. Yeah, so what I'm, I'm looking for specifically to talk with the Ashtar Galactic Command. Are you able to, to call them up? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. There's a specific being I'm looking for, and it's Vrilon. Vrilon from the Ashtar Galactic Command. Vrilon, Vrilon, okay. On the other line is a self proclaimed psychic. According to his website, he's able to channel a vast range of supernatural beings, from angels to aliens. I'm here to talk with a being called Frillon from the Ashtar Galactic Command, whose disembodied voice broke onto English television in 1977. Is it male or female? Male? To be honest, I don't know. The voice I have heard is male.、Um, yeah, it feels like male.、Wow. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Frillon. Frillon. V R I L O N. Frillon. Okay. Okay. You can do that. Okay. Wow. Thank you so much. Okay, blessings. After accepting my request, the channeler dips down, scrunches his eyes, and begins breathing deeply. Meanwhile, I'm watching all this via a webcam feed. I have no clue what's going on. His breathing becomes more intense, and he begins to sway from side to side. Then suddenly, he jolts back up. Greetings to you. This is Verlon. Blessings to you. Hi. So, am I speaking to Verlon? Yes, you are. Greetings to you. I'm Tommy Trelawney. This is The Interruption, a podcast from Stack, Episode 3 First Contact. I've been investigating one of the most peculiar television hijacks of all time, when a rogue signal overrode a southern television news broadcast in the south of England. For 45 years, it's been an unsolved mystery. I'm trying to un unsolve it. In the last episode, we looked at the message itself, the only piece of tangible evidence we have. The author of the transmission was Vrilon of the Ashtar Galactic Command, who made an urgent request for humankind to embrace peace and reject warfare. Not just for us, for other planets too. The mysterious broadcast goes on for six minutes, and it's chock full of bizarre phrases and esoteric concepts like Age of Aquarius and Ashtar Command. These ideas. Including an alien fear of nuclear weapons, can be traced to UFO religions, groups that believe that extraterrestrials have been communicating with humankind for millennia. Aside from disrupting the five o'clock news, many of these movements believe aliens can take control of humans and use them as their mouthpieces. Many of these contactees are still around today. Some offer their psychic services online. Kind of like an alien hotline. It gave me an idea. Why not put my questions to Vrilon directly? 
I might as well cover all bases. So, here I am, about to interview Vrillon from the Ashtar Galactic Command, the author of The Warning from Space. As a budding investigator like me, this interview is going to be a challenge. It's not every day you chat with a cosmic intelligence. I really am starting at the deep end. But, fortunately, I was not on my own. In the room with me is my producer, Nikki. She's off screen, handing me questions from across the table. I had no idea what to expect, but it was too late to back out now. Um, wow, I've been looking for you for, for some while. Uh, I first came across you when there was an interruption in the 70s where you hijacked a southern television broadcast. Is this something you recall at all? Yes. Oh, fantastic. Well, I'm, I'm a big fan of your work. Your message was one of a warning to humanity about not using nuclear weapons and that the age of Aquarius is coming and that the new age is imminent. I was wondering mm -hmm. whether, you know, you had more to say, say on that matter about what's wrong with humanity. It's not all of humanity, it's just those in power. As you know, they want to take power from the individual. And they just don't want to give the individual abilities to think for themselves because there's a paranoia with those that are controlling society. So the message is mostly to those that are, you know, that have the trigger that can do these things. And something I've been very curious to know is how do you at the Ashtar Command hijack television stations? How does this work? We are allowed to do so. We, you know, we are higher ups because there, there was a lot of fear of what humanity would do to itself. So we were, on an energy level, we can hijack anything, oh, even wow. people, if we wanted to. <laughs> like um, your, your channeler in front of me. Right. While he was Rilon, the channeler's whole demeanour had changed. His eyes were closed, and he was swaying, kind of like a cobra to music. Rilon seemed to be familiar with the events I've been investigating. Or at least, was very good at improvising. As I mentioned, I'm particularly interested in chatting to you, Vrilon, from the Ashtar Command, because you interrupted a station in Hampshire in the UK, just one singular station, the Hannington Transmitter. Why did you focus just on the south of England for your message? Well, it was a, it was a channel that wasn't getting much attention. I just took it upon myself to, to do it, where others would not. Other beings could have done it with an Ashtar, but I felt... It was my duty to do so. And I'll take the responsibility of that choice also. So that's why I was allowed to do it also. <laughs> it won't affect others at Ashtar. I mean, it just affect me if they don't go so well. But it did have a lot of positive praise. And and what was that positive praise? Tell me more. Well, it was very risky. I mean, I can have a lot of negative, negative effects by it. But it was a positive message that got the attention to those that needed it. It really was a wake-up call for you, the people. Those that found that message needed that message for themselves. To those who say that this is a hoax, Vrilon, what do you say to them? For them, that's what they need to experience. They're not ready for the full story of any of this, um, but the alien energies are strong here. That's, that's their point of view. Lots of people mm -hmm. were very frightened. Do you feel bad at all for giving people such a spook? Uh, not really, no. They needed it. Because <laughs> a lot of them knew it was real. Because they could feel our presence, even our, our own anxiety as an alien race, you felt it. And Vrilon, mm -hmm. did you know that I was going to contact you? For some time, yes. But I wasn't really sure if you would make this type of contact. It wow. was, yes, much appreciated, actually. 
Well, Vrin, it's delightful to talk to you. How long have you been watching me? Always around five years. I would say actually ten. So I knew what you were, what you were before you knew who you were. <laughs> I never, I never, I never thought about it in in that way. May we, I ask? We agreed upon it. It's an agreement between us. So amongst Ashtar Command, you were sort of, you know, you, mm -hmm. you had me in your sights. Well, you came to us, and we created a relationship with you. To be honest, I wasn't aware of this relationship until now. Without my knowledge, Ashtar Command had been observing me, including my alien-themed investigation. What else did they know? Vrilon, what do you see for my future? On what level? On a galactic level? On a human level? What are your plans for me in a galactic sense? Oh, uh, wait, well, you are like a diplomat here to just share our message and your message, the galactic message of just understanding nature, technologies, where people are not afraid of themselves. So I see what you're going to do to bring the unknown to, for it to be normal here in society. Wow. What is our relationship, Tommy and Vrilon? What does that mean? A friendship of disclosure for a future Earth. So we can connect to humanity you know, through you, or we are understood. You are basically a galactic disclosure currently. So did you plan that I would make this podcast? It's it's your idea, but we are with you. So, Verlon, through me, are you getting your message across? Yes. That's interesting. Through the human, through the human experience, yes. You heard that right. The Ashtar Command had chosen me as their spiritual diplomat. I was honoured. But to be honest, I'm not sure what I'd done to be granted this title. Seems like they've known of me for a while now, and were banking I'd make this series to spread the alien gospel. Looks like Vrilon has moved on from hijacking television and now is in podcasting. Vrilon, with my podcast project I'm working on, I've got a producer who's helped me make it. What are your plans for her? What, what do you think about her? I guess compared to her, you're a little bit of a radical yourself, <laughs> which is good. But you're helping her understand all of this. So you, t you bring the information from the galactics and she kind of humanizes it, but she has a lot of spiritual energies. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to, to let her know. Phew. It was reassuring to hear that Frillon approved. Imagine having to cut ties with my producer on the grounds of extraterrestrial disapproval. Glad we were both on the same page. So, Vrilon, what have you been up to since the 70s? As much as we can so there's no world war to help ease those tensions. Now, of course, wars such as what Iraq, that was going to be a much bigger war. Luckily, it was not. We bring influence. So there's no Ashtar Command apocalypse on its way? No. There's, there are some that do feel like there is one. That's always going to happen, but no. Wow. Um, that's good to know. Your message in the 70s was quite stern. There's more of a warning, but it's good to know that yeah. things have kind of chilled out since. Oh, yes. The whole idea was to bring that fear to really shake the bones of society. So this is what we can do if humanity keeps doing this. The idea was to get your attention. <laughs> As the call continued, I could tell that the alien channeler had begun to let his guard down. He was no longer swaying side to side or putting on his best alien voice. I was relaxed too, 
I was starting to warm to Rilon. Maybe in another life, we'd be friends. Maybe we were. I was no longer sitting bolt upright. Every now and then, I would glance over at Nikki. She was smiling. I was too. Vrilon had answered my questions pretty convincingly, even including some added details, like how I was being observed aboard the spaceship. Pretty amazing sort of so, stunt to pull off. Um, yeah, I had, a, I had a lot of negative feedback from others in Ashtar. Oh, you're bringing fear, but you know, it felt it was necessary. And in and of myself, I had a lot of fear within myself how society turned into. But I don't feel that way anymore. Many of you are making it easier for us. Because <laughs> we get scared too. We get worried. We're, we're not that much different. Oh, wow. When you did the interruption, did you get any punishments? Did you get told off? Yes, not to do it again. Because <laughs> I wanted to do more. I wanted to do it weekly. <laughs> weekly? Wow. So maybe not just that message, but others of uh, just understand for humanity to understand almost like a spiritual broadcast, but just a short one. Just a short one. If you had your way, where would you interrupt next? Oh, uh, was it the BBC? That would where I would go. There's a lot of control there, but that would be that would, I would during like the six o'clock news or something like that. <laughs> Very short. Maybe four o'clock would be a little bit better, but six, I'd much rather. So the, the best time to interrupt is sort of, what, late afternoon? Uh, six o'clock would be the best. During your regular news cycle, I believe it's six, I can see. The BBC News at six o'clock with Sophie Rupert. It was a pretty amazing thing to pull off. Do you reminisce at all about 1977? I think about all the time, yes. Because I want to do it again, over and over, on different places around the world, everywhere. Wow. It's like an alien station where you tune in to us talking to you. It might feel like we're kind of being dictating your reality, but we're really just trying to give you some nudges into a better direction. I feel the the energy from you for a long is you're kind of a, a, a bit of a prankster within Ashtar. You know, but... Yes, I have to do what I have to do. And they know they can't so realize they didn't realize I was going to really do that. I mean, you might have heard me talk about it, but I just kind of did it. <laughs> yeah, I got by a clash afterwards. But they felt like it was useful in the long run. It's going to scare any alien interaction is going to always afraid scare people. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at the timer, I noticed the meeting was nearly up. With the minutes I had left with Vrilon, I'd admit, I let my curiosity take over. Do you know any celebrities or famous people living on the world today who are part of Ashtar Command or are manifestations of? Uh, Chris Hemsworth, you know who that is? We know each other. He's a friend from work. Thor. Yeah, some connections. Yes, Thor. Of course, it's Thor. <laughs> That's one, and others that are associated with him. Um, I believe Toby Maguire. I guess you haven't heard. I'm the sheriff around these parts. So another superhero, Spider-Man. Yeah, superheroes, yeah. <laughs> Is it lots of people who are in the MCU or what about DC? Uh, the Henry Cavill, a little bit, he has a little bit of an attitude issue there. <laughs> so sometimes we can get to him. At Ben Affleck, he has a lot of life situations he has to go through. So yes, he does connect to us, but he doesn't really communicate with us very often. <laughs> what about musicians? Any musicians? At one time it was Eminem, but he kind of changed his tune. 
they so do say they do say that Eminem back in the day was better. Old the Slim Shady days. Yeah. That was more sort of. That was more an Ashgar command energy there. Nice. Will the real Slim Shady please stand up? A little bit edgy, but that was it was fun, poppy. I had a feeling we'd run out of things to say. It was just as well. Our thirty-minute session was up. Are you are you going to head off for long? Yes. Yes. Uh, sir. Well, it's it's been delightful to talk to you. I'm so glad that we've we've got a chance to kind of catch up. It, I feel like we we've known each other for yeah, a while. Yes, so exactly. Just yes, own that to remember. Ask for memories. Basically, I'll just speak to you through intuition. Okay. And do you bless the podcast I'm working on? Of course. Yes. Well, that's yes, you thank you so much. Yeah, you're a galactic leader right now. Oh wow! You and your producers. That's um, that's great to know. Well, I'll let you. I'll let you get right. going. Great to maybe chat up another time. Of course. Um, I'll keep my my TV tuned at six to see if you're going to do anything. <laughs> well, yeah. No guarantees anytime soon. You'll just feel to tune in. You'll just feel to do so. You don't have to watch it all the time. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll keep an eye out for you. Thank you for a long. It's been a pleasure. Of course. They must succeed. Goodbye. The mic was still recording. But he kind of got us, right? You couldn't see the screen, but he was going like... Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then went yeah, back. And I felt like... Because it got quite fun. I think Vrillon was enjoying it too. Oh, it was such a cool layer. Like, actually, Vrillon is using us to spread his message. So actually, the podcast is... This is what... It's oh made by goodness. Vrillon. I was thinking which is that crazy. Because he was like, you're... You're a part of our command now, like you're, what did he call us? We're galactic leaders. Galactic leaders, you yeah. and I. Don't tell the others. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But like, that's such a weird, like, multiverse kind of thing to think of. Yeah, that like, yeah. really, it's them using us to make a podcast about them instead of that us is... using them to make a podcast. Yeah, and he's been watching us. Yeah. But the idea, yeah, of like, the aliens are using us. This podcast is their plan, they are trying, you know, they tried TV in the 70s, but now with podcasts, it's up and coming medium. See, they don't need to interrupt podcasts anymore, they can just make them. They're doing us. it through us. Stop. It's crazy, I had never thought about it in that way. Okay. Oh dear, yeah. I'm gonna stop recording. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. As Nikki and I packed up our recording equipment, I couldn't help thinking, had I really chatted to an alien? Or have I just paid a stranger $50 to impersonate one? The cyber seance with Vrilon was an interesting experience. Hearing about UFO religions is one thing, but getting to participate in a channeling is another. It was weird to think that in the 21st century, faith can be administered through a webcam. As we spend more of our lives in online spaces, perhaps this is a glimpse at the future of religion. Back to 1977, the year of the interruption. Whoever was behind the television hijack was clearly familiar with these religious ideas. Perhaps they belonged to one of these UFO groups. That's my theory, at least. Looks like I'm now well and truly down the rabbit hole. I've just interviewed an alien for Vrillon's sake. But who else is down here too? As I've mentioned before, the interruption couldn't have happened at a more alien opportunistic time. Pop culture was rife with extraterrestrials. I can only assume that for some people, it was like a confirmation. Aliens were out there, or at least like-minded people who wanted to spread the alien gospel were. The rabbit hole is deep, and I think the only way out is to go deeper. I wondered if it was possible to find people who had been stuck in this rabbit hole since 1977. It was time to find out who else tackled this case and got lost down here. In the murky warren that is the interruption, maybe they knew something I didn't. It's a special oscillator type of stethoscope, but instead of heartbeats, it measures the rate of breathing. Introducing Rex Dutter. He's not your typical candidate for a documentary podcast about aliens. Not at first, at least. You see, Mr. Dutter was a well-to-do and highly respected doctor. Not for people, but fish. Out of his clinic in leafy West London, his job was to nurse aquarium fish back to health. Wealthy clients from all around the world would have Mr. Dutter examine their pets. He was well known for it too, and appears in his own documentary. 1953's Fish Heartbeats. Mr. Dutter, who incidentally is self-trained, has sent fishers needing all kinds of treatment. He even receives dead ones from abroad for post-mortems. Rex doesn't speak in the video, but you can see him quietly working away, adjusting various dials of his purpose-made stethoscope. It cuts to him feeding a goldfish via a glass tube. A good, strong stimulant is as effective with a fish as it is with a human. Why am I talking about fish medicine? What has a doctor from the 50s got to do with an alien hijack from the 70s? Well, in the same year as this documentary, Rex had picked up a book called The Flying Saucers Have Landed by George Adamski. It sparked a new interest in Rex. Flying saucers. As he had done with fish, Rex became a self-taught expert in all things UFO. From fish doctor to alien hunter, Rex soon began to appear in the public eye. Here's him on LBC Radio. 
talking about his latest research. I now urge that a different view be taken because it is my firm conviction that the world is ready, willing and ripe to accept these phenomena relating to man and his existence on the planet Earth and to the planet Earth and life in outer space. All right, well, that's what's happening in the United Nations yep. and in the United States. But what sort of evidence is there in this country to show there have been UFOs and what is the British government doing about it? This clip was from 1977 the same year as the Southern Television interruption. The moment Rex heard of this event, he became obsessed with it. A bit like me. He even headed a small research team, whose findings appear in the January 1978 edition of Viewpoint Aquarius, his personal UFO newsletter. In the article, he published the first complete transcript of Vrillon's message, although he mistakenly calls him Gramaha from the Ashdown Galactic Command. Somehow, he must have obtained a recording of the interruption. The reason why we still have original audio of it today might be thanks to him. Rex is sadly no longer with us. When I stumbled upon this fact, I was a little deflated. However, it wasn't long until I managed to get in contact with one of his apprentices. Here's how. He goes by the name Firemoon, and I found him on an obscure website called AboveTopSecret.com. It was a Tuesday night. I had nothing better to do. According to his posts, this Firemoon not only saw the interruption live, but was part of a UFO task force to attempt to solve it. A task force led by Rex Dutter. He wrote in length about their investigation, like how Rex drove him to a pub in Kent to meet a southern engineer. They found him sitting around a table in the back. By the look of his face, he was not meant to be talking to investigators, amateur or otherwise. Careful not to spill his pint, the engineer leaned forward. Whoever was behind this would have needed, quote, six flatbed trucks worth of batteries to overpower the signal over at Hannington. Rex leaned back and scratched his head. They must have had access to some seriously powerful equipment, well beyond the means of ordinary civilians. The engineer didn't know who was behind it, but it was not your average prankster, that's for sure. After a bit of digging, I managed to find Firemoon on Twitter. Nowadays, he goes by Stardog23. His bio proudly read, Time Traveller of the Year, 2168. His real name, I found out, is Steve. All these years later, he's still investigating the interruption this time with a blogger called AP Strange. I got in contact with them both, and they agreed to answer my questions. I set up the online meeting and waited nervously. Hello? Hello, can you hear me? Yeah. Ah, oh, fantastic. Now, am I talking to AP Strange? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> fantastic. Is that what you usually would go by, or do you have another name I can call you? Uh, typically, AP Strange is good. Um, AP Strange. Now, I think Steve, he messaged me saying it's it's taking time to load. Well, Steve's a time traveler, so things get wibbly-wobbly whenever he tries to join one of these things. <laughs> <laughs> I saw on his, his Twitter handle, um, time travel of the year 2168. Yeah, oh, and he never lets anybody wow. forget it. <laughs> speaking, speaking of... Steve. Just get an audio off of me. What should I refer to you as... Stardog, Firemoon, Steve. Ashdown Command. 
Ashtar command. <laughs> <laughs> that weird bloke from Coventry. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a kind of a str- yeah, it is a strange thing. I do have this thing in life where there's a whole section of people who just call me Fireman or FM. There's a whole section of people who just know me as Steve Dog. I think Stardog <laughs> probably the easiest one to go for because that's the Twitter thing. So, what about? The Vrilon incident. What what was when did you both discover you were both interested in that? How did that come about? I think it may have just been that I tweeted about it. It's it's a throwaway story in ufology to a lot of people because they get as far as, oh, it was a hoax. Like this is an amusing tidbit in in the annals of, of ufology. But um they gets less than a mention usually, just oh hey, remember that time Vrilon interrupted the broadcast in the south of England? You know. Like, that was funny. And then they move on. Like, people don't dig into it much deeper than that. And when I had shared that, that's when Steve started showing me all the stuff on ATS that he had posted over the years and telling me about Rex. And um, I just got more and more involved from there. I could see from the webcam that AP Strange was wearing a nice headset. This wasn't his first podcast, I could tell. Meanwhile, Stardog had his camera off. I had no idea what he looked like. I guess it adds to his aura of mystery. The duo seemed to be good friends. I later learned that they looked into a number of unsolved mysteries together, the Southern Television interruption being one of them. To my knowledge, these two are the only people actively investigating this incident. Well, except for me, of course. So starting with the with the incident itself, am I right, Steve, that you saw the event yes, in yes, the 70s? Yeah. I was at a friend's flat in, on Capham Common. Yeah, I actually saw it. Um, I mean, it was just, huh? And I think most of us thought it was a joke, that it was some sort of, inter- that it was, um, if anything, what it was was is that there was a fault at the, at the source and that it was being, that something they were, were going to show was being mistakenly sort of played over the top of what was already going out. So what they're saying is some kid on his own with a battery went to one of the relay stations and managed to interrupt the entire Southern network <laughs> and get this message, which is possible, but apparently you'd need a flatbed truck of batteries to actually achieve enough power to be able to do it. And again, you have this issue where the people at the broadcasting centre who are monitoring what's going out are completely unaware that anything's happening. It's only when they start getting phone calls going, what the hell's going on? What the hell was this weird message over? Are they going, what? Yeah, they had no idea that was happening, which is amazing. And I mean, it does look like it's something from a sci-fi program. Like it seems like an episode of Doctor Who or something where the broadcast starts deteriorating and you're hearing a message from space. You know, I I expect the theremin to start up and (laughs) 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 we. Yeah. So you've got this quandary for the people at the top that if they're honest about how it how it was done, then it really was quite a serious breach of uh, security. With that, I mean, there's no other way two ways of looking at it. Security, and that is one possible that is one possible explanation that it was a test that they give a certain part of the security services. Uh, could the Russians interrupt? Because I mean, we're talking 1977, so it was it would be Russia. Uh, could the Russians intercept uh, TV thing and put their own messages out, you know, in terms of like uh, propaganda, etc.? So it could have been that somebody was tasked with it. Don't tell us how you do it. Just go away. If you can do it, you can do it, and we'll see the result of it. 
So it is quite possible. And of course, they're not going to say, oh, yeah, well, it was us just testing. Could this really have been a secret government test? Stardog seems to think so. I wanted to keep an open mind, but I was not convinced. Why use the British public as your guinea pig? Why cause panic amongst your own population? It seems like a bit of an own goal. And why aliens? Vrillon's message calls for the abandonment of weapons of evil. If this test was by the Ministry of Defence, why would they undermine themselves like that? Perhaps it's because I'm a little nervous to delve into conspiracy theories. Are there any other prominent suspects? Well, there's Ashtar Command. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm convinced there have been other issues. I think this has happened in other places. And I think it's probably happened in places like Italy or Indonesia or Malaysia or Australia. We just don't know about it because I don't think it was big. I don't think it was ever a big enough story. And I think this is one of the problems that we've got with the, the whole sort of piece, put, piece things together is, is, is that um, this, it's almost like a hegemony of the British language. If you don't speak, if it's not written in British, we don't know about it. Yeah, yeah, that's like a common. That's a common thing. That <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you'd think in this day and age we'd be able to share more freely. Just recently, I came across a very well-known case in Spain, but it's only well-known in Spain and maybe some other Spanish-speaking parts of the world. <laughs> it's never been translated, so I had to sit there and translate it myself in order to tell the story. <laughs> you know, it, but. But, you know, as Steve says, it's there could be other cases like that that we just don't know about because it was never printed in English. I think the, the closest thing that, to it is the uh, Max Hedrum incident in Chicago. Behind whatever motive there was for what happened in 1977, it was an amazing event. It's never been repeated on such a scale anywhere in the world as far as we can find and me and Matt search we can tell you <laughs> so with this investigation for Vrillon do you think it will ever come to an end do you think they will ever get definitive answers mm. I mean I, I one of the things for that for me is that um it's a pretty impressive a pretty impressive prank to pull and they pretty much said within days that they weren't going to press charges or they weren't interested in pursuing it. So we're talking, you know, 40 plus years on. Um, no, nobody's claimed credit for it. Wouldn't somebody come out of the woodwork eventually and just claim credit for it? It's a weird thing to just, <laughs> they would probably get a lot of props from just all the hackers in the world. I think, yeah, I think that's, like, that's what you've got with the Bruin thing. Probably is human. It could well have been the government, but there is this 20% of it, which, even if it was the government, still remains on the side of, well, how exactly did you do it? Yeah, and, and why exactly, and why yeah. did you choose to say that instead of, you know, all the questions you've already asked us, like, <laughs> we can answer them, but then you can ask us again, we'll <laughs> come up with a different answer, because they're just, uh, the questions themselves are bizarre. Because it's a bizarre subject. It, it is an absolute enigma. I'm... Or you could join the 90% of people that have looked at it in the past and just said, well, it was a hoax moving on. 
And that's what most of them do. <laughs> so parsing it all out, sometimes you have an event that's got a little bit of everything, and I don't think you'll ever have a definitive answer. But pulling at the threads is a lot of fun. So. As they left the call, I forgot to thank these amateur investigators for their work. Without their interest, or obsession, knowledge of this incident would have been all but forgotten. And were it not for Stardog's mentor, Rex Dutter, the audio of the incident might have been lost. They hadn't found any answers. Only questions that led to questions that led to dead ends. But I wasn't quite ready to join that 90% of people that simply gave up and moved on. I wanted to stay a while and have fun pulling at the threads. Afterwards, I was left thinking about what AP Strange had just talked about. This mystery really does have a little bit of everything, and that's what's kept us searching. So, where next? Alright, let's call the people at Ofcom and see if we can find out about aliens. Up on the speaker. Thank you for calling Ofcom, the Office of Communications. We may record your call to improve our service. Ofcom is the government organisation who monitor and regulate broadcasts in the UK. Maybe they know something about this. Under UK law, you can ask government bodies like Ofcom for specific information and they have 21 days to respond. There's no guarantee that they'll provide you with information, but at least they have to reply. Hi, uh, hi, sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry, I interrupted you. Um, my, name, my name's Tommy. I'm a uh, documentarian and, and journalist, and I made a freedom of information request. On I sent one of these requests, wanting to know whether they had any files from the incident in 1977. After a bit of waiting, they got back to me. They didn't have any files, because Ofcom didn't exist in 1977. But their parent company, the Independent Broadcasting Authority, might have. Wait a second. I had heard of this group before, in the news report, after the interruption. The Independent Broadcasting Authority is at a loss to explain the mysterious message that broke into a southern television news broadcast. When the IBA dissolved back in 2003, all their files were gifted to the University of Bournemouth. If a report does exist, it should be in their archives. That afternoon, Nick and I booked a train to Bournemouth. We wanted to find that report. I was eager to get going. I prepared some reading for the train journey. A little book on UFO research. You see, neither Stardog or AP Strange had spent much time looking into the whole UFO religion side of this story. The part that I'm focusing on. The alien message was, in their words, quite twee, whatever that means. I'm going on the trail of the alien message, unmapped research that I can really make some headway with. Out there, someone from a UFO group knows a thing or two about the interruption. Things that we don't. And that's how I met Yuri Geller. Hey, Tommy. But that's next time on The Interruption. Thanks, nice to hear from you. I can't give you a time, you'll just call me, catch me whenever. Later on I'll bombard you with a few interesting things. You have a nice evening and uh, stay safe. Bye. The Interruption is a Stack production, written and presented by me, Tommy Trelawney. It was produced and co-written by Nikki Anderson. 
Sound design by Tom Wally. Executive production for Stack came from Luke Moore, Charlie Morgan, and John Teague. 